Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Happy to have you with us here on this Friday. All right, next story came to us from a question that was asked of Dear Harriet. Saw this out of the Mercury News. Yeah, San Jose Mercury News, uh, their their advice column is one that from time to time is interesting because it'll take on issues that you don't normally hear. There's not a lot of lonely heart stuff that shows up in this column. It's generally just life advice outside of that. And there was one that caught my eye this morning because the the, the question, I w- want to get this out of the way first. The question that the, the woman who wrote in was asking is a little cloying and needy. But that's not really the point. What she said was, I'm having trouble accepting this the, the fact, and we can go through some of this word for word if you want, but it, it, the essence of it was she was having trouble accepting the fact that she decided to delete all of her social media presence. Just get rid of it all. You know, no Facebook, no Twitter, no Insta, no nothing, and just um, just leave without really saying goodbye. And then she followed up with, the fact that she wasn't really very happy about the fact that nobody seemed to notice. She said, I thought I would get a lot of text messages from friends asking what was going on or why I deleted everything. To my surprise, only a few of my close friends seemed to have noticed and nobody else reached out to me at all. It goes on a little bit beyond that, but that's that's the part that I kind of was a little put off by. It's like, okay, then you did it for the wrong reason. You were testing all of your friends to see if they would notice. And that's not very cool. But it does raise in my mind a fascinating question about what we expect out of social media, about why we do this. Because she said, does this mean that those people aren't really my friends or am I just being overly sensitive? And that line right there Yeah. Uh, Does it shock you to find out that the 4,000 people on your friends list aren't really your friends? Because if it does, not only did you leave social media for the wrong reasons, I think you got into it for the wrong reasons. Well, for starters, we don't know why she got off of social media. We don't know why. We don't know if it was a test. We don't know if she was getting harassed. We don't know what the reason was. We don't know if she just got tired of it. We don't know what the reason was. I wish we did. I'd like to know if it was a test or if it was just some other reason for why she did it. I know several people that will do this, not permanently, but sometimes they'll just decide for my mental health, I'm shutting everything down for a while. Yeah. Usually what they'll do is put something on social media and say, I am shutting these accounts down for a while so that you don't wonder. 
um, just in case anybody would. I once we get through with the social media part of this a little bit, I had question more questions about like how we are defining people that are really your friends. <laughs> yes, versus and it sort of gets to your question too, but but versus how much you interact with your really my really good friends, I don't interact with on social media. I text them or I call them or sure. I see them. Those are not the people that message me on Instagram. Right. Well, right. Exactly. And uh, I mean, even if you do have those kinds of reactions, like somebody posts a picture up on social media and you think, oh, that's cute. And you like it or whatever. Fine. You'll yeah. at least see them. But yeah, if you're going to have a conversation with them, you just have a conversation with them. But I mean, the idea is, I mean, our view of it may be a little bit skewed because we're going to have listeners who you know follow us on Twitter or, you know, put in friend requests on Facebook or whatever. And that's fine. I, I don't mind that stuff. Some people don't want that. You know, the people who are in the media or whatever, they, they, they want to have a presence that you can follow, but they're not going to interact. It doesn't bother me either way. But if it all went away tomorrow, I mean, to your point about leaving and leaving a note, when my dad died, uh, that was the, the only time that I stepped away. And mm -hmm. I did. I put a note up that, that said, I'm going to be away for a while. Don't know when I'm coming back. I will at some point, but I've got things going on right now and I just can't. And that was it. And it was fine. But yeah. I, didn't, I didn't expect anybody to text me going, what's the matter? What's going on? It just never occurred to me. It's like, I told you, I'll be back one of these days. Just chill. And you guys talk amongst yourselves. Uh, quite frankly, it's the same reason why if I'm going to go on vacation, it's the same reason we told people where you were yeah. when you were out for more than a couple of days. Sure. It's just you just it, it doesn't surprise me if people wonder. I, I, this feels to me. Um, Again, I wish I knew why she did it, but it's the nature of social media is that the reason for the most part that most people post is to get the likes and to get the attention. And so I think part of it is the absence of those likes and attention she's missing now, but she thought people would notice like, Hey, I'm, I'm not, are you okay? Like is, you know, and she was surprised if I were to quit social media today, all things now i would probably put a note up right just so that just just because four people would notice i mean <laughs> yeah, maybe right. uh -huh. maybe four sure i don't post often enough quite frankly for someone to notice that i'm not active for a while four maybe is generous two people maybe would notice like gosh you haven't posted and and i would have to go months without posting before somebody noticed and i'm probably in that same boat i i mean i uh you know you use twitter for this yeah um and i see you tweet every so often but yeah. uh, but i post all the time I, you know i'll just have some kind of random thought that i think is funny or whatever and, I, and i'll post it on facebook and find out that it wasn't funny at all so uh, but, but that's that's not i don't uh, i i guess i wouldn't miss that if it were gone you know, mm -hmm. I, I try to do that so that I can make my friends laugh. But it's I, I think what they missed in the response, because, you know, they kind of went through uh, and they, they talked, they kind of skirted around it by saying that so many of us get completely caught up in the interaction of the virtual world that it can seem more real than everyday life. Okay, let's talk about reality for just a second. And that's the part that I think they missed when she said, does this mean they're not really my friends? Yes, that's exactly what it means. Those interactions that happen online mean nothing. They, they, it's it's ether. It means absolutely nothing. It's airsats. It's fake. Um, it, it's not the real world. Nobody acts themselves online. 
Well, to me, it's just not an accurate be, um, portrayal of friendship. You you might have really good friends that didn't notice that you were that you weren't on social media. It doesn't mean they're not really good friends. It means they didn't notice that you weren't on social media. Because and sometimes I think we read too much into that stuff. Right, and see, and I think that's because the social media portion of your friendship is meaningless. The meaningful part of your friendship is the interactions that you have as friends. Now it's funny I say that, but it's amazing. This happened last night. I. I didn't really tell people I was going to other, I said it on the air, but I didn't really tell my friends, which is different. Um, and I posted a picture on Instagram, uh, just one picture of the game. And I got a couple of texts from friends going, are you there? It's a weird way of my friends kind of knowing what's going on. If I'm not, if I haven't seen them all week or if there's just, you know, if it's, if it's been a little while. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that's about it. I mean, it, 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 to me, the, the value in any kind of social media, as far as there is value in it, and I'm not really even convinced of that, is to, to get the kind of the zeitgeist. But even that, it, it you can't accurately glean anything from social media. You can't say, OK, well, I'm seeing trends go this way on Twitter because 99 percent of the people who are on Twitter are on Twitter for one reason and one reason only. And that's to complain. Now, people do complain a lot. But it, come it's, on, this morning I posted about wanting to be under a, a blanket with tea. Yes, yeah, so you were complaining about you the know? weather. No, I was I was expressing a desire <laughs> for something I wanted. It's too cold. I am enjoying the weather. No, John, it was the opposite. It, it, it's I don't feel like I go onto Twitter to complain at all. I feel like I go on to make observations. Like last night, I made a I yeah. made a joke about <laughs> because we were talking the other day about people that should should bark it um back into parking spaces that that's the best thing and i just laughed when i saw someone try to back into a parking space and they ran over the bags game yeah it's just observations for me well sure and uh, but i guess it, it seems like she the 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 person who asked the question we'll go to the phones in a sec because you guys are online uh if you want in 913-586-7798 that the reason she asked the question is that what she's really asking is, isn't there some deeper meaning to my social media presence? And the answer is no, there isn't. So don't look for that there. And I think there's a real problem with people who look for that kind of meaning on Twitter, on Facebook. I mean, because for every one of you and every one of me who, you know, just post stuff that I think is interesting or funny or whatever on Facebook and you posting your observations on Twitter we are outshouted and outnumbered and and outfollowed and everything else by people who will find some kind of grievance. If you have thoughts, 913-586-7798. Uh, let's go to Ashley in Baldwin City. Hi, Ashley. Hey, guys. This seems like an attention grab. She wanted to delete her Facebook and have people calling her going, oh, well, why'd you delete your Facebook? Is everything okay? And that didn't happen, and now she's sad about it. Yep. But I, when my ex-husband and I were getting divorced, um, he was abusive, and so I didn't want him seeing what was on my Facebook. Not that I was posting anything tawdry or anything that, you know, I shouldn't have been posting, but I went through and I deleted probably 150 people because I knew it was one of these people that was talking to him. One person out of that group came to me and was like, hey, why'd you delete me? I told her. She said, that's not me. I don't talk to him. I said, cool, we're best of friends to this day. But other than that, those people don't mean anything to me. I don't talk to them. People are putting way too much stock into social media. Now, like if you or Jacob or, or you, John, I should say, Jacob or Mike all of a sudden disappeared from our chat, I'd be going, hey, what's going on, guys? 
but most people, I'm not even going to notice. Yeah, and and you wouldn't expect this the, the same thing. I mean, when that happened and you only heard from one person, you weren't lamenting that. It's just that's the way it goes. Not, no, not even a little bit. Yeah. Because that, and honestly, that let me know who my true friend was. Yep. You know, she is a true friend of mine because she was like, hey, where'd you go? You know, so, and if, you know, if oh, deleted me, I'd be like, hey, what did I do to offend you guys or kick you off? <laughs> right. You well know? said, as always, Ashley. Thank you. Bye, guys. Yeah, we'll see you. Thanks for getting in here. All right, we need to get to a break. If you have thoughts on this one, 913-586-7798. We'll be back with your comments next on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. I just think it's interesting for a second here, we're talking about the social media story because a couple of you were texting in about the requests that you will accept and the requests that you don't on social media. And it's funny, maybe because we do this a little bit. And again, I'm I'm really private on social media. I just don't have the, I just don't care. I just don't share. I don't have that need. I, I do this four hours a day. Um, but I will often just see if we have friends in common. And if we do, <laughs> yeah, then I'm okay with it, especially if it's someone I know. But if we don't have any friends in common, I sort of wonder, what is this? Hey, that's funny because I'll do the same thing. When it comes to requests from listeners. My first instinct is to go find out who else on the radio station is on your friends list. Because Which you can usually tell because right. it says friends in common. Exactly, and- right. And if you've got Parks on there and you've got Dana on there and you've right. got Wink on there and you've got Amy on there and you're not really on Facebook that much, but yeah, then I'll look at that and go, okay, at least if you're cool to them and right. they if they haven't blocked you, then you're probably okay. So, yeah. I'll, I accept uh, the request. You're just not going to get anything out of, yeah. of being friends with me on Facebook. I'll accept the request. Yeah. That's well, it. And, and it's funny because there are, there's a couple of people that I have, when I post anything, I have to, I have to change my settings to make the post public mm-hmm. because normally it will go to friends accept. And there's two or three people on that list that I have blocked from seeing my stuff. I don't want to make you know the the leap to go and unfriend them or whatever mm-hmm. because they really just don't mean that much to me. But those everybody that's in that category, those are people that I knew personally long before there was a Facebook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's why. Otherwise, it's just like click bye. <laughs> you know, if you start acting up, you're gone. It's sort of funny because that's how I am on Twitter slash X more is although anymore I don't care. Um. I suspect I have more people that follow me on Twitter that I don't know than are friends with me on Facebook because it's just an easier thing to do to follow. I have no problem blocking people on Twitter. I have no, like, to me, that is not a right (laughs) to to follow me. And so I have no, I'll mute you first, maybe. But if you've just been a jerk and my threshold for that is very low, block it. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I I have no use for you. I don't need that in my life. Um, If somebody just texted in a little while ago, I defined a friend. I define a friend, as I try to speak for a living, uh, as someone I have frequent slash semi-frequent meaningful interactions with, and they know my favorite color or other things that I hold important to myself. I have many of my close friends on socials, but I don't consider social media friends my friends, just internet acquaintances. And my response was, exactly, because your close friends would still be close friends even if you had no social media presence. Those would still be your friends. The, the the people that are on there, you know, following you who only ever interact with you online, mm-hmm. unless you have some other form of communication with them, that's all they are is just people who are, you know, 
and and I wouldn't expect them to have any kind of deep caring for me because that's not who we are to each other. If they did, that would weird me out a little bit, quite frankly. Tell me about it, right? I, yeah, that would, I mean, only because we've had a couple instances here where I've, I've, there have been some situations that made me uneasy. And so if it is a person that I don't know and they're getting a little um, close on social media or acting like they can be closer on social media, and as the three of us have talked about off the air, that's happened a particular time where I have to block the same person multiple times in different ways. No, yeah, it, it, to me, social media is not where that happens. And really what it comes down to with this particular letter, like I said before, is this lady sounds to me like somebody who just failed a bunch of her friends on a test that they didn't know they were taking. And and I know people who do that all the time and and get mad at you and you say, why are you mad at me? Well, because you didn't do this when I did this. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was taking a test. That, uh, I mean, that's broken up. Marriages, that has ended friendships. I mean, that kind of, of behavior is something that a lot of people do. And it's really, it's an insecurity of theirs that they have to keep testing everybody to make sure you're still their friend. Thanks, everybody, for getting in. Uh, again, it's out of the Mercury News if you want to check it out. It was funny, too. I was just clicking through that advice column. I'd never seen that before. There's some other stuff on that advice column we might come back to at oh, some I'm point. I'm you. bookmarking a few of those that's, that look pretty interesting. It's one of the only ones that I read regularly, yeah, because it is different from most of the other ones that are out there. Yeah. All right, moving on here. Uh, Channel 5 had the story this morning about potholes and the problems with these across Kansas City. And in particular, in the Kansas City, Missouri School District, uh, there are three new lawsuits that have been filed, two against the city and one against the district. They were all filed in the last few weeks, but they are about separate incidents in which people say they were using walkways and school parking lots and public streets, and they had a serious problem in a pothole. And these, I mean, we're talking about injuries to people. Uh, There was one person who said she suffered injuries to her face after falling from stepping into a pothole right next to where she parked her car at Hale Cook Elementary School. Part of the argument here is there were no signs or warnings in the parking lot, even though the pothole was in an area where you'd expect kids to get out of the car and parents would get out of the car. There were no warnings there about those potholes. And they're looking for some pretty significant financial damages here and and compensation for medical bills. Yeah, one of them had medical bills that amounted to $20,000. And anybody who's ever had a medical bill that they were solely responsible for knows that's not hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Racking up a $20,000 medical bill, that's something you can accomplish pretty easily. But yeah, you step off or you know, you're just walking along and uh, you know, there's a pothole that you don't see. And this woman stepped into it and just face planted. I mean, yeah, it was it was rough. Now in parking lots, that's a little different story because that's something uh-huh. the city isn't generally not responsible for. Which is why the school district's being sued. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know there are people who complain about the potholes on the roads around here uh-huh. and on the sidewalks around here. I know it's it's cold comfort to know that, yes, there are places where it's a whole lot worse than it is here, but it is a problem. I'm, I'm not going to gloss over that. There, there are plenty of them. And, I mean, not just damage to cars, but as we're finding out in this, damage to people, too. It's got to be fixed. Yeah, well, so usually what we're talking about is damage to your vehicles. And I've had that. I went down a couple years ago. I was out watching a Chiefs game on my way home on Main Street. 
you know when you hit a pothole that is going to result in your tire being flat. (laughs) And I mean, I absolutely knew that my tire was destroyed and it absolutely was. I feel like that's one thing and that's a city thing and you can report those and they do their best to fix those when there's damage to your car. In these instances, this these are injuries to people. Yeah. And if it's that bad, usually we're not walking in city streets. That's the difference. When they're in parking lots, you can you're not going to get injured usually if your car hits a a pothole. But if you fall into it and and hurt yourself. I mean, there was one person that needed require uh, surgery on his knee. Um, there was another one where she was riding her, riding her, uh, her motorcycle, hit a pothole 13 inches wide and more than three inches deep and had, um, take this for what you will, suffered injuries that made her lose the capacity to enjoy life. Yeah, um, yeah, that could take a number of different uh, turns. But, yeah, I mean, there was an incident when I was a kid. I was just riding bikes, talking with a friend of mine who was riding next to me. And there was a pothole right in front of me. Never saw it and went over the handlebars because the the front tire went into the hole. And all of a sudden, you know, there I was over the handlebars. It's very easy to get hurt if you're on foot, on a bike, on a motorcycle, on something else like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do about it other than do what she did, which is file a lawsuit because it's private property. And what should the school districts be doing about it? Like I said, in one of these cases, this woman just got out of her car and stepped right into a big pothole and fell on her face. Yeah. So should, should they do a, and this is what the lawsuit says, should they do a better job of either warning you about those? Like you'll see sometimes they'll put the construction cone in it just so that you can see that it's there. Should they be doing more of that to stave off the injuries? Yeah, and and I'm sure we're going to hear from the school districts. We don't have the money. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got teachers who are paying for school supplies for all of their students because the district won't pay for any of it. If they can't buy paper, are they going to get some contractor in at the cost of tens of thousands of dollars to fix a pothole, or is it cheaper for them just to wait for something like this to happen and pay for pay off the lawsuit? So that's the question. Is it? Um, now that you have injuries that are racking up and medical bills for people that you're having to pay, I ask, well, now is it easier to just fill in those potholes and cheaper than to pay out $20,000 a person per, per, per injury that we have? If you've had trouble with it or if you have thoughts on what schools, particularly if you have kids that you drop off, if you're in some of these school parking lots, what's it like and what should they be doing about it? 913-586-7798. Again, we have three different instances of lawsuits that are being filed. This is just Kansas City, Missouri. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments next year on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay, moving on to the story here uh, out of the Today Show. And they highlighted a principal who, of course, is on TikTok. Uh, we're going to try to pull the audio here. I'm, I'm certain it's clean, but we'll we'll double check it and see. Um, who documented the change that he made with his office. And this guy's dorky, but I like him. Like, I'm watching this video going, gosh, you're making me crazy, but I kind of like you anyway because you're kind of a nerd. Um, so his, his name is Jacob Lamb, uh, Jared, excuse me, who is the head of a charter school in Louisiana in Baton Rouge. He has been a principal for 15 years. And he said that he used to work for administrators as a teacher. He used to work for administrators that would just hole up in their office all day. They weren't accessible and they weren't out and about to know what was happening in the school. So remember those old carts that we used to have that they would wheel in the TV on? Yeah, the TV cart. Sure, absolutely. That's what he's using. He has moved his office. Now, I'm sure he still has, has an office. But the bulk of his day now, he spends, he's got a laptop on that cart, and he is mobile all around the school throughout the course of a day. <laughs> yeah. And he's documenting how it's going. And again, we'll, we'll try to play the video because he's just laughing his way through this. But he says, you know, he worked for someone once, a principal, that moved her desk into the hallway so that she could just always be visible and, and, and be interactive and have everybody see her. And this way he knows, he knows what's going on. So he says he rolls into classrooms, provides teacher customer service. Um, he will run errands for teachers if they need things. He will just do all, he said, do they need an emergency restroom break? Can I grab some photocopies? The small things can go a long way. And it's getting some mixed reaction. And I'm curious to know too, whatever business you have, whatever job you work in, what if your boss did this? I mean, like, instead of just being in their office a lot of the day, I'm not going to use the word spying because he's not making a secret out of it but just was always kind of around and kind of looking over your shoulder all the time because that's the opposition to this is that, and we talked before about like the, the pressure that uh, the teachers feel when the principal surveys their room or the uh -huh. audits, audits their class, when they sit in the back and audit their class, it's nerve wracking to have the principal or to have parents in there. So there's some back and forth about how effective this is. Yeah, I, I uh, well, they, we'll we'll get to one of the stats on this that I think is kind of the slam dunk in the entire article. But yeah, if he was going into classrooms and things like that, you know, during the class day and just kind of walking around and looking it over, then yeah, I can see that. But I mean, for him to be out in the hallway and just walking around with his little cart and stopping every so often and doing little bit, bits of business on his on his laptop, I think that's great because I I think the point that he's making very well is that usually it's a double door right so you go through the door into right. the uh, where the secretary sits and then there's the other door you have to go in through the principal's office those barriers seem like they don't want me in there even if yeah. i have something that i could talk over with the principal eh, it's it's off-putting but if he's in the hallway and i walk by him in between classes and say hey by the way uh i have this concern it gives me 10 seconds to do that and then move on I, I think it's wonderful. And the slam dunk is teacher retention from last year to this year, 90%. Yeah. Now, we don't know what else contributes to that. 
I mean, it's a charter school. Sure. It could just be a better environment for a school. Good job. He also good, could just be a money. really good principal. Yeah. Yeah. Good money. I mean, he also could just be a really good boss. Correct. Yeah. Maybe they're better test scores, better money, whatever. Um, I have mixed feelings about this a little bit. I'm like 90% on board because of everything he has said and because of what you said. You like your leader to be visible. You like your leader to be aware of what's going on in your environment and not just stuck up in their office with the door closed and and inaccessible and, and acting like they're too good. You know, now now that they're principal, they're too good to be out walking the floors and stuff like that. In my ivory tower. Right. Um, but I also think there's a way to accomplish some of that, like keep your office and, and keep that um, look of leadership, but have an open door policy and walk the halls sometimes. And to me, this feels a little bit for TikTok. This feels a little bit for social media attention. It could be, yeah. Because you could accomplish the same thing without it being so extreme. It could, yeah, and you're right. I mean, it could be a little bit contrived, um, but I don't know. I, I, I Given the choice, and it's funny because a couple of things came up uh, on the text line. Somebody said, uh, uh, yeah, I'd rather know where the boss is if I need them. Yeah, that's a good point because if he's not in his office and he's just walking around the hallways, well, you have to go catch him in the hallways then. Uh, somebody else said, yeah, I'll bet the kids are acting better. Knowing that, yeah, if you walk out of class and you're cutting up all of a sudden, you might run right into the principal while you're doing that. But the term micromanaging came up twice from two different people. And I, I think the difference is, as long as he's not going into the classrooms during class time, which he may be, by the way, um, but as long as he's not doing that, then it doesn't seem like micromanaging to me. It seems like what you said. It seems like accessibility. I can't tell from this if he's going into classroom during class time or not. It seems like he might be, or maybe he's going, I don't know if they have passing periods. They probably don't because um, it seems like a younger school to me. He, he hashtags at K-12. I don't know exactly what grades are in this school. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, and is, what I can totally see happening is if the teacher has their classroom door open, maybe he pops his head in. Yeah. What's going to happen is with littler kids, that's going to be incredibly distracting to a class. Any he's just kind of popping his head in. Yeah, yeah. Anytime that door opens and an adult walks in, you're right. I can remember that from, from school days. Uh, but he said, yeah, he said last year when I was rolling around on my cart during morning rounds, I'd ask teachers, hey, is there anything I can help you with? And that's fine. But if they say no, okay, all right, close the door. Yeah. On you go. Hopefully he also gets a sense when he's doing that of when not to interrupt. Like read the room yeah. a little bit. And if they're in the middle of things, don't. Because you're right, it, any adult, any principal, whatever, is going to attract all of the attention, and then you've just ruined whatever good you were going to try to accomplish there. Right, because to me, micromanagement doesn't involve watching. It involves um, interfering. Correct. Yeah, if yeah. every time you walk in the door, you're like, wait a minute, I just heard you say this. Why are you telling the kids that? That's micromanaging to me. It also would be if when he sees those teachers later, he brings up stuff he saw in their <laughs> every, classrooms. Every time. <laughs> then get the heck out. Uh -huh. Like, if you're going to bring it up every time, no, no, no. Go back to your office and stay, stay out of my classroom then. All right, I think we have audio of this guy that we can play. I'm an experienced school principal. Here's the story of how I became the principal with a cart. As a teacher, I worked for an AP who didn't have an office. She kept her desk in the hallway. I loved her visibility. When I became an administrator, I followed her lead. I put my desk out in the middle of the hallway. 
In my 15 years as a principal, my actual office mainly collects confiscated student items and dust. There have been more Rougarou sightings over the last 15 years than of me in an office. Fast forward to last summer. I don't have my cart yet, but I'm moving through the building. I'm losing papers. I can't find my laptop. So in an effort not to lose my belongings, I put them on a cart. I now have a portable desk. It increased my mobility and availability. This year, our team's plan is bigger and better. Ms. Anderson is one of my fellow administrators. Tell them your vision. This coming year, all of our administrators will have their own wheels. It's basically gonna be the Daytona Speedway down the hallways at our school. It's basically customer service for our teachers and our students. My cart combines functionality and fashion. And it's cooler than Mr. Lamb's because it has a beverage holder. We're raising the bar. A fleet of administrators on wheels supporting our team. We'll document along the way to let you know how it goes. What do you think about our team's plan for the year? Let me know in the comments. Okay. Colin, I want you to say on the air what you said off the air about this. <laughs> this whole video is awkward and cringy. It's just, <laughs> oh, God. I it, agree. It's hard. Like, I don't know how hard it was to listen to, but on my end, it was hard to watch while also hearing what we were hearing. It's a little cloying. He comes off very TV weatherman-ish. And I mean, it's, no it's, offense yeah. to Brian Busby, by the way, who is not that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's overdone. It's it's overacted. Yeah, it's it's over over everything. Um, this is K through nine is the school that he oversees. He sounds to me like you'd be the principal of kindergarten. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Ninth graders. How's everybody doing? Can I point out that when he brought in their other faculty, whoever administrator, and she was rolling her cart around, you couldn't see it. Her little portable desk had so many things on it. I don't know <laughs> if she bumps into something, uh -huh. the whole operation is going to, she had pencils, she had a mug, she had, oh, the cup holder, ooh, right? Because it's more mm -hmm. fashionable than his, whatever, right? If she bumps into something or if a kid, you know, trips or whatever, hits that whole thing, everything is falling off that desk. It's coming crashing down. So much, it was just a cluttered mess. Here's yeah. the other thing I wonder is that doesn't he have work to do? In an office, I mean, principals have kind of big jobs. I mean, sometimes we don't think that, but they, they kind of do. I mean, they evaluate teachers and they make policy and have to, you know, have to do a lot of paperwork and a lot of the bureaucratic stuff, especially for a K through nine school. Does he not have work he's got to do in his office at some point? Well, he's got his he's laptop not doing, there. But he doesn't claim to be working. He says he's just <laughs> roaming the halls and checking in with people. And he says he gives 2000 high fives a day. So that's what he's doing. Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe between classes, but you know, uh, my wife texted me that she used to work downtown where there was a school. Uh, I think it was a charter school, but it was only available to people who worked downtown. Okay. So, you know, you, you had to, and she did, she worked for the state attorney's office. And she said that uh, this is before we got married, when she was picking her two up from school, that the principal was always the one in charge of that. So that if you were a parent and needed that little five second interaction, uh -huh. You had every day the opportunity to go ahead and do that. I like that um, because that's actually something he doesn't mention is his interaction with parents. Yeah. To and, teachers, it's great. And presumably the kids could too while they were sitting there, you know, sort of standing there rather, waiting for their parents to come and pick them up. So if oh, they sorry. needed, oh I yeah, it, it, no, if no, they needed just him, for he was there. Insight. Yeah. It looks like he's teaching like elementary school, kindergarten kids. From the TikTok and the Instagram and everything that I found, they look like they are under 10 years old. But the school is K through nine. So so that's 14? Yeah. 14-year-olds 14 hate this guy. 
<laughs> guarantee you freshmen cannot He's stand this guy. such a dork. Yeah, really. Like, like, maybe they liked him when they were in first grade. Yeah. But not anymore. They want this guy to go back to his office. <laughs> All right. Uh, 913-586-7798. Okay, we mentioned uh, we have a clown to talk about. Leaving residents of this town absolutely te- uh, terrified. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. All right, we go to the UK for this next story. Uh, speaking of clowns that we talked about earlier, we have a clown stalking village streets and leaving residents absolutely terrified. Uh, yeah, uh, we, it's funny. When we were talking about the snake that showed up in my house, we got a bunch of text messages from people going, nope, I'd have to move. Yeah, we didn't do that, but this would. Uh, this is in the Scottish village of Skelmorley in North Ayrshire. And so for some reason, this guy started, he put on a, a Pennywise outfit. It's not even just a clown. He mm. actually dressed himself up as Pennywise, the clown from the Stephen King story, It, and the most recent movies. It's that version of Pennywise. And uh, a Facebook account for the village clown has been set up with the name Cole Demas. So they kind of know who this guy is. But And the village is trying to figure out how to get him to stop doing this because he's terrifying everybody walking around in this Pennywise suit with the balloon and the whole nine, and there's nothing they can do about it because he's not really hurting anybody. Um, And he has dared police to catch him. Yeah. Uh, he created, there's a Facebook account for the clown set up with the name of Cold Dimos. In response to news reports that they had left locals terrified, the clown uploaded a message to the media early in the morning on Thursday. It was a rhyming video. And basically was taunting the media about what he's out there doing. Yeah. He said uh, he, he first appeared in the village in 2021 and said, do you think I care? Meaning about the people that are scared of him He uh, and about the, the police. He said they'd have to catch me first anyway. And yes, that's a dare. They called me the killer clown. Why don't you leave the jokes to me? The only thing that's dying is your credibility. So he's effectively saying, big deal. I'm wearing a clown suit. If you're scared, that's on you. I didn't do anything to threaten you. So at what point does this become a crime? <laughs> I don't Is think it does. Is there a public nuisance law? Is there a... Mm. He's not trespassing. And he'd have to do something overt. I mean, just wearing a clown suit. Um, what they might be able to get him on here is that there are several local ordinances, depending on where you live, against covering your face with anything. Face paint, okay. masks, blah, blah, blah. But that's just, that's a it's a misdemeanor. And a lot of people started foregoing that during the pandemic because everybody was wearing masks. So there's no law against running around scaring people. Nope. As, there as, needs to be. As long as you're not being overt. Like if, if he walked up behind you right. and, and yelled and went, bah! you know, tr- doing that kind of thing. Yes, that you're not supposed to do. And you could really stretch it and say that's an assault. Uh, but if all he's doing is walking around and standing there with his clown suit and his balloon, not a thing. Yeah, he's leaving red balloons all over. Yeah. It's hopefully he just gets bored with this. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what you move on to after this. I don't uh-huh. know what he was doing. I don't know what his day job was before this, but hopefully he just gets bored. People are like, oh, yeah, it's you again. Okay, fine. Right. Like, go go dress up as something else. Uh, yeah, and, and that'll I mean that'll be what eventually tips it. But I'm telling you, I mean, if if I if I walk out of my house or if I'm walking down the street and I see a clown, I'm turning around walking mm-hmm. the other way. I don't have that fear that some people do. I don't oh. like to be scared unexpectedly. But, you know, yeah. most people don't like that. But the face doesn't give me nightmares. Clowns are like awful. Like other things might. <laughs>
Okay, um, moving on here. I had never heard this term gurning. Me either. Before. I didn't know that that's what this was. Of course, there is a Guinness World Record for it because there is one for everything. What is gurning? Gurning is, uh, it's something not everybody can do, of course, which is why there's a, a Guinness World Record for it. And it's something You're that's- going to try to do it now. Yeah, I know. It's something I, I'm sure you may have seen. Most of the time you see it, it's really old guys because it's a lot easier to accomplish if you don't have teeth. And it looks like the guy who just set the record doesn't have teeth. So it would seem to go forward. But the the idea is that you're able to get your bottom lip stretched up over your over the bridge of your nose. And there, there's a famous video of an old guy from the 20s doing this on TV just uh -huh. as a kind of a gag. But I don't know if that's where it started. That's what it is. It's called gurning. And you need to see the picture of this guy because it's like half his face is gone. That's what it feels like. You took the bottom third of your face off. Yeah. It, and it's just his bottom jaw, jaw is up higher because with no teeth, you can do that. Or if you, you, know, if you can kind of like dislocate your jaw, you can do it as well. And he's got his bottom lip and it's all the way up just about to that area right between your eyes, like that divot mm -hmm. in, in your nose right between your eyes. It's almost up that high. So you think, okay, well, wait a minute. How do you set a record for that? Is it a distance thing? Like your lip has to go higher up your face than anybody else? No, it's how long you can hold it there. Because if you think about it, you can't breathe. Your nose That's is true. covered and your mouth mm -hmm. is closed. So the new record for this, a 22-year-old internet star broke the unusual Guinness record by pulling his lip up over his nose and holding that position for one minute and two seconds. Uh, broke the record of 53 seconds set by a guy in China in 2012. He said he learned he had the talent for making the unusual face when he was in the third grade. <laughs> he said, I was eating lunch and my classmate told me that when I eat, my whole face disappears. That's funny. He asked me to chew without food and I chewed and I did this thing with my face and everyone laughed. So, of course, if a kid gets laughs, he's going to do the thing all the time. Absolutely. Uh, he said, my teacher went crazy. Yeah, it's like, stop doing that. Your, your face is going to stick that way. But yeah, he, he ended up making a, something of a career out of it. I, you know, he ended up in the Guinness Book of World Records. So good for him on that front. But that means that if you can do that, my nose uh -huh. is way too big. <laughs> There's no way I'm ever pulling that off. But if you can do that, I mean, practice makes perfect, right? And if you can get it for one minute and three seconds, you can have yourself a Guinness record. I can barely get my lower lip over my top lip, <laughs> let alone over my nose. Again, you're all trying this right now. I guarantee uh -huh. you, if you're in your car, wherever you're listening, we're all doing the same thing. We're all pulling on our bottom lip to see how far up we can pull it. And I can barely get mine over my, my upper lip. I just, I, I wish I could make that face. It's one of those things you, you wish you could do so that you can whip that face on somebody when they're, they're completely not expecting it. Like somebody's giving you trouble over something in a bar and you just turn around and do mm -hmm. that. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> or like Halloween. Like this is your, yeah. this is what you do to scare people on Halloween. Who needs the, a, clean, a clown costume? Right. Yeah. But you know, when the trick or treaters come up to the door, come out with the, the bag of candy in your face like that. Yeah. That'll give them a little bit of a scare. I want to know what this guy does for a living outside of this because he's got an Instagram account that's probably incredibly popular. He seems like the like once you can do this, what else can you do with your face? Yeah, that you can put content on Instagram and make money off of that. <laughs> what what else does that do for you? I wish there was having 
flexible. Yeah, I, I I wish there was a picture of him from third grade doing it. I mean, they have pictures of him now doing it, but I want to see what that looks like on the face of a third grader. That would be hilarious. I also want to know what his face looks like. Not in, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I hadn't watched the video. I just seen the picture. Um, what his face looks like? Not in that in that form. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, it's he kind of a small face anyway. Yeah, but but he doesn't look. I mean. It's not a face that you would look at. If you just walk by that guy in a bar, you wouldn't think, wow, that's a really weird face. He just looks like a guy, although yeah. his chin does stick out a little. He's got a little bit of an underbite. Uh, yeah. And like you said, he, he in terms of, I guess, facial structure, it's a little small, but that probably helps. Nose him. is kind of big, though. And he doesn't have to do it. I mean, he doesn't need to like grab his lip and pull it over his nose. He can just do it. Yeah. Yeah, if you play the video, he just pushes on the bottom of his chin. Yep. And it, it just, it's so weird. It's just like elastic. Like it just, it, he just pushes on it and boop, it just goes up. And it looks like he's smiling like an old man. Yeah. He has a face made of super elastic bubble plastic. So yeah, it did him well. And he's got his Guinness certificate and everything. Well done. Good for him. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll take a break here. We have looters that ransacked a 7-Eleven after a sideshow. We'll get to some of the questions about this next here on KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 